2: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by Sports Axios and Indochino and on RotoViz Radio. My name is Dan Sanio at FF Dynasty Dan on Twitter, and I'm kind of flying solo tonight a little bit. Uh, no Nathan. And, uh, you know, I-, I was sad for a minute, but um, I did a little digging and we came up with. No one tell Nathan, but we came up with an entertainer. Someone maybe, you know, slightly, slightly more entertaining than Nathan. I don't know. Only listened to Bruce for a while, but we have senior DLF writer Bruce Matson from the Perfect Cast on Twitter at Metric Scout. Bruce, what is going on, man?
3: Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for um, inviting me on here today. Sad to see that Nathan couldn't come up, but. I'm ready to come out the bullpen john rocker style sprint on the field, and ready to blow you guys away today,
2: so I'm very excited. I love it, man. I love it. We went to the bullpen we we brought the ace out of the, out so we're we're ready to rock and roll, like you guys know during the season we go through and and do a little more news and notes whereas in the off season we try to Keep it a little light and and, uh, funny, a little more game action, and just kind of go over some basic stuff. But in season, we're going to talk about things that happened week to week and the Dynasty implications they may have. So, to start us off, the one thing that seemed to erupt on Twitter, piss everyone off, including (laughs) including Mr. Matthew Barry, (laughs) David Johnson... Yeah, uh, getting getting the play, getting the questionable tag, but um, what, one snap, one carry, and then Chase Edmonds went absolutely off. So it was uh, a little infuriating, but we also kind of have to look a little bit deeper and see if this has any long-term concerns. So Bruce, do we think that this is is I mean, obviously it's not good short term for David Johnson, but do you think Chase Edmonds showing up and showing out the way he did is just kind of a bad sign for David Johnson long term?
3: I don't know how bad, but I you would have to think Chase Edmonds would have to get more of a touch share going forward. I don't know how much because when David Johnson's healthy and he's on, he is one of the top running backs in the league but Chase Edmonds is earning his stripes, so he deserves more touches. It's interesting with how Arizona runs their offense. They could have both backs on the field, throw Johnson in the slot, and have Edmonds take carries out of the backfield even when they're healthy. But, I mean, this has to take away some some carries, but I don't know if it's enough to really affect his value. Johnson is, what, 28 years old, so long-term perspective. That's just something that you want to... Edmonds is there. He, I mean, get by the game. And then uh, at his age and his current price point, how much longer do you think he's got left? He's 28. Um, running backs seem to fall off around this age. He's had his injuries in recent years, and now he's got a back injury now. So um, that could get worse going forward or creep up later. And then Chase Edmonds he's doing work already. He's a baller. He he deserves more touches. He deserves more of a share. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to end up.
2: Yeah, it is interesting because we do know that, that David Johnson's definitely one that thrives in the passing game. And if Sunday was any implication, Chase Edmonds kind of looks like a baller between the tackles. So I mean, I could see Edmonds getting a nice chunk of those carries. I'm not sure that if David Johnson's healthy, he's dominating on either portion. Um, Edmonds wouldn't be dominating on either portion. But I I think Edmonds is going to take away enough of David Johnson's floor where that running game, you know, as as good as that offense has started to make the strides and look better with Kyler Murray, I, I still feel like the floor isn't high enough for them to to share. I think it's kind of one or the other. Yes, David Johnson's a good PPR back, but we're used to him being that bell cow guy. And Bruce, like you said, I mean, he's, he's not, he's no spring chicken. He's getting up there as far as running back years go. And I, I guess the one thing he's probably got going in his favor is he started out a little bit later. He's, he was an older rookie and he hasn't really had the crazy amount of touches that a lot of backs would that have been bell cows by the age 28. So I guess he's kind of got that going for him, but it, it in the same sense he it hasn't really helped him yet because he's been relatively consistently banged up, hasn't really been that guy since twenty sixteen. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be you probably were you're probably doing yourself a disservice if if you're selling David Johnson now, because the price isn't gonna be that preseason price, that even first couple of week price where he's he's coming out as R B five or R B six. I just – it stings a little bit to to feel like we have to hang on to him and wait for another big game because that big game might not be until next year and that might be a year too late.
3: Yeah, so selling him is an interesting factor because who's going to pay full price or off-season price for David Johnson? I mean, you you either got to hold him and see what's going to happen – and just hope that he just gets the full health and he still gets his touch share. The floor is the concerning part because David Johnson, he's gonna get his targets. He I mean he's explosive. He can he can blow up any game. Play rate for Arizona is insane. They're like one of the tops in the league in pace when even in neutral game scripts. So that's in his favor. Chase Edmonds. I mean, if both pl- firing at all cylinders, they can both be fantasy relevant. Johnson's floor may take a hit, but um, Johnson's also good enough to just push uh, Edmonds back and say, "Hey, you're 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 gonna have to watch me, little bro." So it it it's just it's just something we're going to sit back but selling him getting hyped up over this and just selling him off the rip might is a is a bad move because his value isn't at
2: high right now it's uh, just kind of fluttering i agree with that and and it's pretty it was pretty nice to see cliff kind of commit to him especially early season knowing that was going to be his guy and and feeding him consistently so I feel like I, I feel like probably holding is your best move right now, unless somebody's really, really panicking trying to bail. But I mean, if you can go get that, you know, preseason price, which I can't imagine anyone's buying for, I feel like that wouldn't be a horrible move to to move on from David Johnson. But yeah, it's most likely a hold right now. Okay, um, we will hop on over to another backfield, and we've talked about this a, a couple of weeks here now, but it just continues to get more and more interesting. The Los Angeles Chargers backfield seems to be in turmoil, man. Melvin Gordon coming back last week and, and just – the offense just hasn't really looked the way it looked prior to him being back and hasn't looked anything like it looked last year. But Austin Eckler seems like he's here to stay, at least as a pass catcher. But, man, Melvin's been really not good. I, I feel like he's not – he's definitely not in game shape. So maybe it's just kind of a waiting game until he gets back to where he's at, but it's uh, this is a really interesting one, Bruce. I'm I'm not sure where you're what you're doing with these guys. I'm I'm probably in fade mode right now. Just if I have them, I'm probably holding them, but if I don't, I am nowhere near in the buying range. I believe
3: we have um, similar opinions, Melvin Gordon. Like I need a sample of this bad play, and I just want to like I don't I don't feel like he's in. 100% game shape yet, and he needs to get his rhythm together, um, just get back into in-season mode. And uh, I just want—I just need a, a larger sample size of this bad play. Price-wise, uh, you—I don't want to sell him off the rip because um, you're, I'm not going to get full value for him, and then I'm not going out and buying him either. One is we're getting. Uh, amazing draft class next year in rookie picks the 2020 draft class uh so first round picks are at a premium and I don't want to lose any of those I like Melvin Gordon especially previous Melvin Gordon but I'm not going to overextend myself and then when we jump over to Austin Eckler he's had a tremendous season very good catching the ball the backfield what you want but however he could be that bridge uh get you to move up into, into those rookie picks that you want possibly get you to deandre swift to get you to a uh, jonathan taylor or a cd lamb or anything like that um if you can pack it um it really depends on what you're looking for and what you're going with if you're a contender and you're going to want to keep them on your roster if you're using them but if you're middle road or less you may want to be looking to the future
2: no doubt, and another another thing to look at is I don't know that either one of these guys is going to be a Charger in 2020. Uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon held out, never got his new contract, and it looks like the Chargers are maybe in the right on that one. But Austin Eckler is an RFA, and and I'm gonna go go ahead and guess that someone's probably going to be willing to pay a little bit more for Austin Eckler uh, than the Chargers are, and they're gonna probably be pretty happy about getting that comp pick in return for Austin Eckler and maybe being able to get one of those running backs in the next class for whatever the price tag they put on him. I'm guessing it'd be a mid to late round, but either way, it's going to be someone new in the charger offense, unless they really want to stick with Eckler. But again, I'm not sure they're going to go out and pay, you know, low end RB one money to Austin Eckler, who's someone who they haven't sunk anything into yet. And they can just kind of get away scot-free, which, again, I understand he's played really well in the time he has played. And he'd be nice to keep as an asset, as as a secondary back, or even a, a 1A, 1B type thing. I just I don't see them forking up the money to, to keep him. They didn't fork it up for Melvin Gordon. And I I don't know that Austin's going to get it either.
3: Yeah, I feel the same way. If, they, if they're not willing to pay up for Gordon, I'm not betting on them to pay up on, on Eckler. I mean, he's producing right now. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to have a I know I'm, I'm pretty much going to be able to use him this year for the most part unless Melvin Gordon starts hitting. Next year, it's in question. So if I can get out from under him, get a younger piece, or invest heavily into next year's draft class because it's going to be a studly draft class, then I'm I'm all aboard for it.
2: Okay, let's let's talk about pricing a little bit here then. So if so we're saying Austin Eckler's probably on the upswing of of any any value he has and Melvin Gordon's probably on the lower end of the spectrum. So are you potentially buying Melvin Gordon if you could get him at like a mid RB2 price?
3: Mid RB2 price. Maybe depends on where I'm at. Melvin gordon or deandre swift who would you rather have
2: i mean i'd rather have swift but that's just because i could get more on his name you know
3: yeah so um i think i'd rather have the top running backs in next year's class for a, just a bunch of reasons because um their price that it, it, it's more insulated and the is just about as high as gordon so rb2 what are we talking about late first early second round range right
2: yeah, probably like a mid-to-late mid second.
3: Mid-to-late second. If I can get Melvin Gordon for a mid-to-late second, pull the trigger on that and rookie picks. I I don't know if I can get that because if I have Gordon, I'm not going to sell him for anything less than really at first unless I'm really panicking, though.
2: For sure. So then Austin Eckler on the other side, let's say you're not contending and you just happen to have Eckler. Are we moving him for any first-round pick?
3: If I can get a first round pick, yeah, moving them for any first round pick. And if I can't get that first round pick, I'm going to try and package them up with either my second or third round pick, kick the tires and try to get that first round pick off that owner, package them up with another player that I'm willing to part with.
2: Love it. Okay. So we uh, we can buy Melvin if he's, if he's sliding down in value, but you got to be careful. There's kind of a fine line on that one. And then I'm in the same boat with you, Bruce. I think if any first comes into my inbox for Austin Eckler, I'm taking it or if I can go out and add some a little something to him to get into a first I'm about that as well all right next little position battle here and and this one turned into less of a battle and and more of a clock cleaning it seems Tennessee Titans quarterback battle which um, for the last few years has been just run by Marcus Mariota or whoever's healthy and all of a sudden they bring in Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill gets his first start and has his first 300-yard game since 2016, I think, was the number. That does not bode well for Marcus Mariota's time in Tennessee. However, I think he's got enough upside where someone will take a shot on him that maybe misses out on next year's quarterback class or it doesn't have a pick where they think they can get to one. But I also don't really see Tannehill as the long-term guy in, in Tennessee. He's on a, a cheap deal. But again, I mean, it's the Dolphins gave up on him. I can't imagine Tennessee is going to ride with him for very long. Do you have faith in either of these guys? I don't have a ton of faith. However, I do like
3: cheap quarterbacks. I don't like paying up for the position. So both of them I'm semi-interested in. Mariota, I just want to see where he's going to end up in the future. Tannehill, I just like what you said. I don't think he's a long-term option but if you can patch a hole with him that's good yeah Mariota I mean he's got to be dirt cheap so if you need a quarterback if you're looking for like something as a QB2 or backup quarterback or you're just patching holes for the future even then that that might be a little penny stocking play with
2: yeah that's a that's an interesting one it's you know, we we all kind of I know wrote off Corey Davis a little bit. We're we're a little worried about AJ Brown in his rookie season and how he might be held back with Marcus Mariota. But maybe maybe it's just Mariota in the offense, or maybe it's just Mariota altogether. I'm I'm not ready to to write him off. I've seen enough from him where I think he can thrive in the right offense, and I think he's consistently been in the wrong offense since he's been in the league, which is truly unfortunate. But we see other guys with his similar skill sets around the league absolutely thriving. Guys like Kyler Murray, who have the ability to get out of the pocket and cruise, maybe aren't the most accurate of passers or have the biggest arms, but can get things done with their legs. And that consistently keeps the defense on their heels. Same thing with like the high-end version of that, which is Russell Wilson. I I feel like there's a place in the league for Mariota. He's got to be healthy, and he's got to be in the right system. And I don't think he's either of those things right now, which is... You know, it it sucks to say because I've been on the Mariota uh, bandwagon or buy wagon, if you will, and all of a sudden Tannehill comes in and does this. And I would imagine, uh, unless there's an injury, that probably solidifies Tannehill as the starter for the remainder of the season. So, like Bruce, I'm I'm all about cheap quarterbacks, and I'm don't uh, I do not i do not really like paying up for them. So, if you are a streaming team looking for quarterback play, I would definitely be targeting Tannehill if you're contending. And I wouldn't hate throwing out some low ball, you know, mid second, late second type offers for Mariota and Superflex leagues. Maybe you could even get him for lower than that since he's been benched and he's been poo-pooed for so long. It's, you know, it, it feels like the whole world's been down on him for so long that the price just has to be all the way at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm.
3: Totally agree with what you just said there. He's a penny stock. He goes in the right situation and he's healthy. He could be like that asset on the bottom of your roster that that you can use that hits for you uh he's definitely has moments during his uh career where he's looked like he could be a QB one and then he's also had his bad moments so uh it's just we we just need to see him in the right spot and healthy. he hasn't been healthy much during his career and he's definitely has flashed
1: great point bruce hey listeners it's justin peak just wanted to talk to y'all for a second about Axios Sports. Don't you want to be the one that's sharing great points just like Bruce in your group chat and be the one that always seems to know everything before anybody else does? Well, following just the team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming, but trying to follow everything happening in sports is basically impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis in every sport is just not something that is realistic for people that have a job. Well, I also have a job. And so that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend that's sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you sign up at sports.axios.com again to try for the low low price of free 99 go to sports.axios.com
2: all right now we've got that behind us we can talk about a couple of positive things guys that have been doing well um been kind of Taking the league by storm, these are um, we're going to kind of go rapid fire a little bit, but we will keep them separate in their own rights. Starting off with Minnesota Viking Dalvin Cook, and again, I know we've talked about the Vikings a little bit uh, of recent, you know, that that offense has been so hot and cold, but the one constant they've had is Ben Dalvin Cook. We've seen him healthy for seemingly the first time in his in his short career, and a team committed to using him. Dalvin Cook, aside from a couple of tough games against good run defenses, has absolutely demolished the defenses he's playing. He's, he's keeping that offense afloat. And I think, you know, I've, I've kind of been trending towards it and, and been putting it in my thread on Twitter each week. But I think we're finally in that stage where we've got to put Dalvin in that elite top tier.
3: Yeah, um, he's been balling this year. He's RB two this year on the season, um, right behind Christian McCaffrey. Already has eight rushing touchdowns, 725 rushing yards, and he's just been a monster. Had some blow up games as well to go with that. When he's healthy and he's getting the usage, he's he is one one of the best running backs in the league. Health wise, has been his bugaboo previously but he's proven that like when good to go he is he is one of the top running backs in the league and he's he's fun to watch too and uh yeah um, you you're correct he should be like considered in the top echelon when especially when he's healthy and good to go
2: no doubt. I mean, we're seeing this output and, and obviously the three massive games are against Oakland, New York and Detroit. And then we see the couple of the stinkers versus Philly and Chicago. But again, that's Philadelphia and Chicago's run defenses are both top five in the league. And both of those games, he's still getting in the end zone. So uh, I think he he can make do almost no matter who he's playing against. You know, we've, we've seen that floor and that cushion from the Christian McCaffrey's and the Saquon Barkley's uh, the Alvin Kamara's Zeke Elliott, we've seen it from these guys and Dalvin doesn't get put in this category. We're, we're talking about over 700 yards already. Like Bruce said, eight touchdowns. And it, it, he, he's a difference maker when he's out there. He's, he's got so much burst. I haven't seen him in the, at least in the pros, we watched him do it a lot in college, but you watch him get to that corner and he turns that corner. He's blowing the doors off of those guys. It's not even close. They have no chance at getting to him. So I feel like I feel like Dalvin is a lock first-round pick start 2020. You know, when we're, we're getting into our startups again, he might even be in that top six-ish range. You know, we're, we're kind of propping a lot of these running backs up higher, but they seem to be the bread and butter now that we finally have running backs back in the NFL where we were in that drought for so long.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to see to have some fireball running back after those um, dead years at the position, and Cook is, yeah, he's a great option to have on your team, yeah, he, he's he been a breath of fresh air this year, he's, he's fun to watch, like you said, when he gets that corner, he's nasty with that burst, and he's even, his vision is world class, like, he sets up defensive backs and defenders in the open field with like that dead leg or he'll he'll um shake off shake them off and fake them out with his shoulders and move the opposite way and and mix them up and then get some extra yardage off that he, he's just a very slick runner in the open field and it it's fun to watch when he when he's when he's in the open field and he's moving and he's
2: just getting that extra yardage for sure. And, and I guess the one I, I and it's not like the end of the world, but the one thing I wish I'd see more from him and why I'm I'm not talking about him as the potential RB1 with the McCaffrey's and the Camaras and the Barclays is because his receiving floor isn't quite there yet. Um, he's had a couple of nice receiving games built uh, kind of mixed in, but only 28 targets on the season. So we're talking about four targets a game. Uh, that's not really enough to put him in that that you know RB one talk just because those other guys are getting those looks and are getting those targets. Um, but the touchdown production is there and and the yardage obviously is there. So I mean we've got an extremely high floor and I, I mean if he starts catching passes or starts getting used more in the in the passing game, uh, let's say maybe Adam Thielen's out for a little while, we could see some. Some legit monster numbers coming out of Dalvin Cook,
3: think about his receiving production. He's top ten in the league in target share with a fifteen percent target share, so the passing volume goes up in Minnesota, and they kick it down to him a little bit more. um we could see those numbers pop a little bit um that would elevate his ceiling a little more right, so that'd be kind of kind of cool so twenty eight targets on the year caught twenty four of those balls, and yeah one thing too like i like cook i love watching him play it's not about his talent but like that injury history those pre-existing conditions from those past injuries uh th- that's a little scary if you're going to pay up for him right now when he's when his price is high
2: yeah no he's he's like an impossible buy right now i mean i i mean if somebody's putting him out on a trade block i'm i'm asking and see what the price tag is but I can't imagine unless your team is absolutely loaded and you're just looking for an upgrade at running back that you're going to be able to afford it. You know, maybe we see some of these teams that, that have all these first round picks and, you know, maybe throwing an offer of a couple of them at, at the Dalvin cook owner might get it done, but it'd be tough sledding if you're trying to buy Dalvin cook right now. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. So another guy that um, has definitely surprised me Jacksonville Jaguar, Leonard Fournette. Someone that I really struggled to like who hasn't been able to stay on the field consistently, hasn't really been a game changer. And I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. He's not a game changer because he hasn't really been healthy and he hasn't been out there enough and been used enough where he's really making a true difference. So we're seeing Leonard Fournette this year, I mean, the rushing floor is absolutely there, and he's doing something I never thought I would see him do. And he's catching passes. We're talking about almost 40 targets to start the season here, and catching almost 30 of them. So he's 38 targets, 28 catches, and you know the he's not crazy out there pa- catching passes. He only got 200 yards off of that, and he hasn't found the end zone from there yet. And I think that's where some of the issues come with Fournette. We'd probably expect someone like him to to have some more touchdowns, and he's only got one on the year total touchdown. So that one's kind of tough, but he does have some solid rushing output, and, and the floor is there, the usage is there, and and when we talk about you know what what you look for, what you should be chasing, you chase usage, you chase the carries, you chase the targets, and it's all there for Leonard Fournette. The one thing. I guess that's been kind of noticeable or consistent is the the big carry, the big run game by game is, is kind of padding his rushing output, his rushing total. Because aside from those big carries, he's been somewhat mediocre, but he's been out there. Fournette, the one thing...
3: I've been hammering on the Jaguars in a lot of my like redraft and best ball leagues this year due to um, John Filippo, the offensive coordinator. He, uh, he was with the Vikings last year, weeks one through 14, what, had a 65% pass rate. So I was expecting the passing game to see an uptick, even with Foles or Minshew, and we're seeing that with Fournette his uh his targets are is amazing we never would have thought he'd be a receiver. a true he's a true workhorse right now and uh and he's definitely seen the passing game that elevates his floor the one thing that's the knock is what you said is the touchdowns we have to see some positive regression for that he has to eventually hit the end zone i it's it's hard to see him finish this season with this much work and less than five touchdowns. He's he's almost starting to look like the Julio Jones of running acts if this <laughs> continues to happen. I, I don't think that will because there's only one Julio Jones, so Leonard Fournette's going to have to roll in the end zone somewhere down the line. But uh, I, I look for him to see plenty of targets in the future. He's only got a 1% target share more than Dalvin Cook, and he's got 10 more targets. On the season so uh that that volume in the passing game for jacksonville is is um really f- helped fueling him in the passing game and then he's just doing all right in the run game as well so he's uh doing well his rb7 on the on the year 7 715 rushing yards so yeah so a positive regression he should hit that end zone eventually
2: soon yeah, we we seem we seem to think so at the very very least. Yeah, it's the 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 target number was something I would expect to see for him as after a full year, not 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 even half of a season. It's this is the one I'm probably most wrong about Leonard Fournette out of out of all of the takes that I think I've had the, the Fournette miss is probably the worst one. And it's like it's not like he's oh, an absolute world beater and he's going for 200 every single game and three touchdowns and all of that. But the big plays have been there and the receiving portion of it is really what has thrown me. So uh, I, I still think there are plenty of people out there like me that maybe even have Leonard Fournette shares that you might be able to get off of them and, and b- go and buy some Leonard Fournette. I think right now, because of the way he's producing, it might be a little bit tough, but... It never hurt, hurts to reach out and ask your uh, fellow owners to see if they're moving any, uh, any shares. So before we hop into the end of the show, into our last little segment, we've got to talk about our friends over at Indochino. Indochino is founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. The point of wearing a suit is to look nice, right? We, we want to look nice if you got to go to an interview. You have to wear it for your job. You're going out on the town, doing whatever. You need to have a suit that, that looks good, that fits. You don't want to be going out wearing a suit that looks like it was built for Shaq. All right? Everybody I see that buying from like these big box stores, they look like squares. It, it's not good, man. You, you need to get yourself a nice custom fit suit. That's, that's what Indochino's here for the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, outerwear stuff. It's everything you can want, and it's all to your exact measurements. That means you're not looking like a dork going out with a shirt that looks like it's for someone else that you just grabbed because you had it and it was what your one nice shirt. Even better than having custom stuff is the fact that it's actually affordable. Most of the times you think about custom suits and custom shirts and all of this stuff, you're talking about spending thousands and thousands of dollars well most of all of their custom stuff is under four hundred dollars they do have some luxury stuff that is a little higher end if for those of you that are looking for the higher end stuff but the fact that you could go out and get a custom fit nice suit for like three or four hundred bucks is kind of nuts so the process is very simple you choose your fabric you pick your customizations and submit your measurements and it'll be delivered straight to your door in two weeks that's that's Pretty fantastic. You can do your measuring on your own. You just need like a little tape measure thing. That's all I used when I did it. Otherwise, you can go to one of their showrooms. They've got them from coast to coast, from Minnesota to, to Texas. I mean, they're they're all over the place. But like I said, you could measure yourself with your own with your own little measure measuring tape um, and then just submit it at Indochino.com. So start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire as your promo code at checkout. Plus, with that, shipping's free, and there's nothing better than free shipping. So that's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse to wear clothing that doesn't fit. All right, we love our Indochino, but what I'm loving more this year is our current QB1 in fantasy football, Mr. Lamar Jackson. Uh, I believe I saw uh, a good friend of the show, Ryan McDowell, post that he was like a R- uh, QB2 if you took away his rushing, and he was an RB2 if you took away his passing, and together that combines for our current fantasy football QB1. He has been absolutely lights out. We've seen the passing floor, we've seen the rushing floor, and we're, we've seen the ceiling <laughs> games. Bruce, what are we thinking about Lamar Jackson now? Are we are we on board with him being a bona fide QB1 or are we still worried that there may be some regression in here? The injury bug might catch up. Um, what are we doing?
3: I absolutely love him. I, I love his rushing floor. I mean, you can even call it rushing upside. And, I mean, I, I can't really worry about the injury bug too much. I mean, he is a running quarterback, so that's that leaves him more susceptible to that. But uh, I have to worry about that with the other quarterbacks who are mobile as well. So if I have to worry about that, I have to worry about the other mobile quarterbacks who are lumped in with him that we're comparing him to. The Russell Wilsons, the uh, Watsons, the Prescotts, Murrays, and down the line. Mobility at the quarterback position is what we should be aiming for more. So rushing yards, the top four quarterbacks in the league right now in f- fantasy scoring has uh, at least 100 more rushing yards in, in the, on the season already. And Murray's at QB eight right now with 266. So um, rushing quarterbacks give you an advantage, and Lamar's got that um, Mario mushroom when he gets that (laughs) open field. He's got that star and he's rolling, and players are rolling off, and and he's a threat to score when anywhere on the field. He's got that speed. He's uh, I don't want to say that Mike Vick, but he's got like that special like ability to. Produce large plays, and it's it it's just something you want on your fantasy teams, and I think it's going to be here for a long time unless the injury thing does happen, but you can't really predict that.
2: Yeah, and I, like I mean, the injury stuff most of that stuff's freak freak injuries. He's been taking good care of himself when he's out on the field. He's he's I, I mean, considering his the amount he's rushing and the fact that he's not taking big shot after big shot after big shot is I mean it's speaking volumes to what everybody was worried about in the draft process everybody's trying to talk to him about as a running back or as a wide receiver he's not big enough he's gonna take too many shots and I mean he's he's doing everything right so far man he he's been he's been really solid obviously last year we really just saw his rushing upside because Baltimore just wanted to play to his strengths and as good of a thrower as he is obviously we know that his legs are his true strength because of like you said, I mean, he's got that that Michael Vick factor. He he can take it to the house on any play, and you got to, The defense is just constantly on their heels because you you can't even you could even spy him with like three people in order to contain him. It's just not even. It's honestly not even fair. But where where are you putting Lamar in dynasty ranks? Is he is he the tier behind like the Mahomes Watson bundle? Do you have him further down? What are we doing with Lamar as far as that goes?
3: Yeah, he's uh he's like right behind that um Watson, Mahomes range. Like he's that direct tier right behind there. If you want, you can mix him in, but it, it I mean, you can't really get above Mahomes and Watson's a baller as well, but yeah, Jackson's right up there, right below him in the next tier. It's uh um they're not far down. He's a player that you want once those players are off the board. He's in that next group of quarterbacks. Maybe Russell Wilson, but it he he you're going to be looking for him. Um, and one thing I just looked up here, so Jackson has 576 rushing yards on the season. Next quarterback in rushing yards is Kyler Murray with 266. So um, if you take if you take away Murray's yards and uh, Jackson's, that leaves over 310 yards left over. So Jackson has 310 more yards than Kyler Murray so far in the year, and that 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 310 yards would still make him um, leading all
2: quarterbacks in rushing. That's how much rushing yards he has. <laughs> That's just stupid. That's not even fair. Yeah, yeah. Lamar By Jackson, Swiss Army knife, the ultimate weapon. I mean, and we've seen him getting the ball downfield when Hollywood Hollywood Brown's healthy, and that offense is it's I mean it's high end. They they've got Mark Andrews there. Miles Boykin had a nice big play this week. I, I think I think, yeah, Lamar Jackson's I'm not ready to tie him in with with the the elite, you know, Mahomes, the Watson. But like you, Bruce. I, I've got him right there. I think he's in that QB three to five conversation. I mean, if anything, because of his rushing floor, he could take his arm out of it. And that's that's, you know, even if he was a horrible thrower, it <laughs> would be I mean, he, he's got so much upside. So, all right, before we wrap we're going to um, just go over uh, a couple of rookies we we haven't really touched on much uh, yet this year and looking for guys now while we're in mid-season guys there's a few rookies that haven't really broken out guys that were maybe taken a little bit early in rookie drafts or or maybe even guys that are sleepers that could potentially walk in walk themselves into some uh, into some nice work coming up here so uh, if we're looking at the list of potential breakouts or buys before a breakout it's during midseason here, Bruce, if you just had to pick one to go after and to target, who are you picking? This season, I would target Justice
3: Hill. Um, we were just talking about uh, Lamar Jackson. That rushing offense just clicks, and Mark Ingram is down, and Justice Hill gets a boatload of carries his value is going to skyrocket he was now in off season, led the league in like missed tackles per touch per pff during the during the preseason yeah, he's elusive he's got burst uh he may be even an upgrade just, just because of the speed and burst uh he he'd, he'd probably instantly be an rb1 w- with a full workload so he would definitely see a massive increase, and if you can get him on the low, then that that would be a, a good buy.
2: For sure, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that one. He was he was on my short list of of guys, and it might be a little bit of a waiting game unless Ingram for some reason gets hurt. He is signed technically through 2021. The Ravens do have an out after the 2020 season, um, but it's not like he's making an astronomical amount. He's making two million this year, four million next year. Um, but I think I think we see Ingram consistently just kind of leading. Unfortunately, this year because I, I'm with you, I'm with you, Bruce. I think I think Justice is gonna be Justice Hill is gonna be pretty damn good in the league. But um, they are paying Ingram right now, so I feel like it's gonna be his backfield for this season. And then next year, I think we see either a true split or or we see Justice kind of take the one a lead in that in that um, backfield. And it just kind of becomes a committee for one season to kind of slow roll him into it. I'm not a huge fan of having to wait for running back production, but I think justice Hill could be special. So my, my pick, it's not really a, it's not a sleeper. It's not, I mean, it's not somebody you've never heard of. I'm going right off the damn top of the pile. Nikhil Harry. We, we heard all of these negative blurbs all preseason about him. And then he gets the injury. They put him on IR well, he's due back soon, and we haven't really heard anything positive from anybody about it. And that is that that for me, that just screams buy, 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 buy as much as you can. Uh, he's got the draft capital. He was a first round draft pick. He's going into an offense that currently is without Josh Gordon, that got rid of Antonio Brown, and unless you think Jacoby Myers is going to take his work as an outside receiver or that Philip Dorsett is going to be that guy, even though they play completely different positions and roles. The only guy standing in front of him right this minute is Julian Edelman. And obviously Edelman is their true slot. They bodes really well with Brady because Brady likes to get the ball out quick. But Nikhil Harry is going to be a monster once he's healthy, once he can get out there preseason, you know, all of the summer stuff, he's a rookie. He's going to have those mistakes, but he's got to get out on the field and, and play some snaps before we can judge him for any of those things. So Nikhil Harry for me I'm probably throwing out any honestly any late first round pick and a lot of times those have been getting accepted his his you know his college numbers all of his his combine stuff I mean he's he's built for this and in my opinion at least I I feel like he can be he can be a true number one in an offense and getting to work with Tom Brady for whatever time Tom has left that's a huge boost
3: yeah, I love Nikhil Harry. I think that's a, a great pick by you. Um, Yeah, it's a great offense, too. It's a great fit. Uh, I loved him coming out of the draft, and uh, I'm very patient with my picks. So he's a guy that I'd be holding tightly. I had him as my 1-1 throughout the whole uh, process. He's he's got a lot of upside to him. He he fits he he looks like he'd fit well in that offense too. You can move him around a little bit, and I, I just want to see what happens if you can get him for a late first like you said. Then that's a good deal. 110, especially with the like 110, 111, 112 range, that's probably where he'd go in next year's draft considering how is with talent. So it's not like you're losing value or anything so it's a it's a good deal to the pay for him so you, you're not going to lose anything talent wise or miss out if you buy him so i like harry a lot he's he's definitely on my buy list if i can get him. I, I think that there's a lot of upside with him he could be a wide receiver one if everything connects i mean uh, obviously there's a there's a lot of low as with any other receiver but um not as many prospects like him has that upside
2: you know what bruce i think we need to have you on more often it's nice having someone that agrees with me occasionally that's good yeah it's always (laughs) good to have a
3: dan sania fan
2: there we go i like it i like it well bruce thank you so much for coming on man it was an absolute blast i'm finally happy to get you on here and it worked out it was a it was a late ad and i went straight to the top of the list so let the folks know where they can find you and where they can find your work all right, so first off, you can find
3: me on Twitter, at Metric scout. Um, I'm a senior writer for DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Right now, I have a weekly DFS article. I write about the bargains on DraftKings. That releases on Saturdays. I also have a podcast called The Perfect Cast. Me and my buddy Tom do that. Um, it's a very lighthearted fantasy football um, podcast, if you like. A lot of jokes, a lot of comedy along with your fantasy football news, and you'll definitely love that. I've also been doing some live streams also on my channels as well. Just follow me on Twitter at Metric Scout, and I usually release those on Saturdays. So um thank you guys for following me and thank you, Dan, for having me on the show.
2: Absolutely. Make sure you guys get over there. You follow him, you check out all of his stuff, get him some clicks in there. We also want to thank our friends from Axio Sports and Indochino. Make sure you hit up the road of his Patreon, get in that six dollar level or the nine dollar level. If you do hop in the nine dollar level, that gets you into the premium Slack, uh, where you can get analysts feedback on your leagues. There's dynasty pages. There's all there, everything you could want. We're in there answering questions. So the nine dollar level gets you in there, and uh, that also gets you a hookup for some kind of sick merch at the end of the year too. We get the shirt or sweatshirt or something. It's it's a it's a good little deal there. So. Make sure you hop into uh, Patreon and, and uh, get in with Rotoviz Radio, and you can also hop into um, if you go to rotoviz.com and go to the podcast page, you can get 10% off a uh, an NFL Pass for the remainder of the season here while we're in the midst of it. So, again, Bruce, thank you so much for being here. Uh, happy as as all heck to have you finally here, and um, we will see you guys all next week.